Hello, this is D.B. Richards from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and this season is dedicated to Bill Palmarino. Rest in peace, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweetie referee, Dave Keener. All-time classic. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Dave. How are you? Ah, dude, I was walking out of Rite Aid the other day, and this car just drove by and, like, almost hit me. And I said, slow down. here, so. Yeah, yeah, but I said, slow down, asshole. She stopped, and she goes, excuse me, what did you say? I said, slow down, asshole. And then she goes, oh, you want me to shoot you? I said, go ahead. That's what happened to me. Welcome to Philadelphia. It's not Philadelphia. (laughs) It's Delaware. What, were you in Wilmington? Yeah, North Wilmington. Mm. It's not that bad in North. It's like suburb 101, you know what I mean, where all the people are like hi how are you doing oh you're in that part of Wilmington yes I'm not in the hey I'm gonna shoot you up Wilmington no I'm okay. in North Wilmington where everybody wants to be your neighbor and know everything you're doing that's not cheers though no right. I, I really don't like my neighbor that guy mm-hmm. that guy's kind of crazy but who do we have on tonight today today tonight today. so tonight I know a lot of people in wrestling and honestly I gotta say somebody I don't know but we're gonna get to know him so ladies and gentlemen please introduce please allow me to introduce our guest all all the way from the great state of Texas, Ian the Mouth Mosley. Hello, Ian. How can I help you today? It's not McDonald's, it's right? It's a little hot today, but it's going. <laughs> yeah, well, we're in the Philadelphia area, so I know Texas is a little bit hot in the Philadelphia area. So, hey, right, we're probably looking about hitting maybe 102 today. Right now, it's about 94. Four and it's only about eleven o'clock. <laughs> oh my gosh! Keep that, please. I'm um spring kind of guy, and I hate it when summer comes around. It's like we are currently at seventy-eight degrees right here by the Philadelphia airport. Oh, that was about five o'clock this morning. Side story, real quick. I, my my family lives in Daytona, Florida. A lot of my family. Five o'clock in the morning, getting up, getting ready to go fishing and stuff like that. It was already eighty-two degrees when we were down there visiting. You like, can I, that. I, yeah, like, you can keep that. You guys, can, no way. You can keep all the weather. I, I just want springtime 24-7. Well, you would have to move out to, like, Tacoma, Washington area for that. Oh, that's a nice area. I've been out there a few yeah. times. Oh, oh really? yeah. They, it, it gets hot, but then it, it stays, like, 70. It is so nice. See, I like that. I like to stay in the 70s. Seattle area, coffee, fishing. Then hanging out with the rain when it starts raining all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. If Pearl Jam and Nirvana can all do that up there. Well, Nirvana can't. Not now, <laughs> but back then. <laughs> this back. So, we like to start everything off with, like, our fans. We have fans that don't listen to wrestling. It's the weirdest thing in the world, but we love them. So, can you give us a background story and tell us how you got into the pro wrestling? Well, a little background. Uh, see, I've been watching wrestling since I was about four or five. Um, I used to go see the Von Erichs wrestle, so I've been around for a while. <laughs> I'm a little up there. Me too. Um, see, I started out doing uh, Aikido and uh, Jiu-Jitsu. I did some training with Jiu-Jitsu when I lived in Harrisburg. I trained with Steve Blackman for a little bit. Oh, my gosh, that's and so then cool. I kind of got my start in it. I started transitioning into wrestling. Um, had an injury happen and it pretty much stunted my career in it. Uh, So I had to leave out of it back in 2012. Uh, I moved down to Texas and 
started going to a promotion called Advanced Pro Wrestling and was a fan, was going there for a year watching them and started talking with all the guys there. And next thing I know, I'm getting invited to help them out with production, uh, helping set up the ring, doing all that. Basically, you're beginning stuff when you start getting into it, pretty much being a grunt. When you're in training, yeah, when you're in training, you you set up the ring, you work security, you work the doors. Um, I was glad to help out with all that with them and everything. A lot of knowledge people there. Uh, Then slowly now, I'm starting to get up in with them and started training me on ring announcing, which very hard for me. I have social anxiety. I'm autistic. So getting up in front of a crowd like that, it was way different from when I was actually wrestling because I really didn't have to talk much. I just went out there. I put on the story for them, made the crowd either hate me, made the crowd love me. Now I'm in a different ball game doing what I'm doing and I'm very hated. <laughs> like as soon as I walked out, people just hated me and it's like, all right, this is where we're going with it. And then now I'm getting trained up. Yeah, I'm getting trained up for, for being a manager for a wrestler and it, it's fun. I mean, a, a lot of people don't understand the background work that goes into all this, but it is, it's really enjoyable. So I, I've been a part of wrestling since 1998, 99 in that area, managing, refereeing, announcing and all that. And I still show up to shows and go, hey, what do you need done? We've got the ring, we've got the chairs, we've got the music. What do we need done? Even though I've been a part of the business this long, I still think there's plenty more that we can do. So I oh, still yeah, do yeah. all that grunt work and I love it. I don't care. I will go back yeah, and back. I will get out of my gear and I will go help out. You don't get a lot of people that do that. No. Since I'm getting into the business and going down helping with the ring and all that stuff, it's kind of fun. I can't do anything right now because I just got operated on slacking right now, but when I can, I will. But you're still but you're still there helping in other ways as well. Oh, yeah. Right. Doing my podcast stuff, doing... Connect 4. Connect 4, yeah. Connect 4 is my favorite thing to do right now with wrestlers, and, <laughs> and it's getting over. And So you guys know that I'm a photographer and all that as well. And even as a photographer, I, I help out with the shows as well, too. Like last night, we were up at Kaju Pro Wrestling, and we were helping setting up the ring, putting the chairs out, taking the ring down, and taking the stuff, packing it up. So it's all about, you know, not just doing your own part, but being part and helping out with everybody else as well, too. We got to the building at about 12.30 in the afternoon, and we didn't leave the building until about 10 at night, 9.30, yeah. 10 o'clock. Not, not bad. Yeah. Make sure everything was done yeah, that, and ready that's to about go. normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that is definitely about normal. And, I mean... When we were doing ECW shows and stuff like that back then, we were there at 10 a.m. And sometimes we didn't leave until like 2 a.m. Yeah. Those were fun. Yeah. Since we're yeah, doing... with these indie things, people just don't realize that the wrestlers are the ones who put in all the work on, on getting these set up. We're, we're, we're out there in the street. We're passing out the flyers. We're on social media, sitting there just trying to bring in that crowd. Like, right. it's, it's a lot of work we put in with all this. Yeah, there's no actual ring crew. We are the ring crew. Yeah, yeah so, so even after you put on like let's say let's say you just did a 30 minute match and it was a hard hitting match now you have like an hour tear down time and even sometimes if the show ends up running late they're like oh man we got we got 15 minutes to get out of the building so it's it's all hands on deck and you're running trying to get all this tore down and up on the trailers and on to the next well, that's- there, there's been times where I've refereed and I took a bump I'm like uh 
shit, what do I do now? Like, anybody get a mask? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Went out there because I, I had to do something around the ring, and I'm like, anybody get a mask? Give me your mask. Give me an extra mask right now. I put on a jacket, put the mask on, put the hood up, ran out there and did what I had to do and ran back. <laughs> had to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's now, a lot of work. I, I... So do you have any pet peeves in the business? Because I have tons since I'm getting into... Oh, wait a minute. Can, let, me, let me ask him the grim question. Hold up, hold up. Let me, let me. One of my pet peeves is when the wrestlers don't know other people's finishes and do the same roll up and all that stuff. Or do the same spots. Same spots. Same match. Yeah. That, that's there's, my pet peeve. There's been a time where I was refereeing a show and I also helped run the back at one of the shows and they did a, um, what was it? Roll up to, and then it was something else. And the next match was going to be similar finish. I'm like, change your finish now because they just did your finish. And they're all like, scramble. Like, yep. The the other pet peeve is a friend of mine who I know a lot of people know, Mr. Grimm, Rainbow Clothesline. Oh, the Rainbow Clothesline. Rainbow Clothesline. Rainbow over and they bump for the clothesline. So do okay. you So do you have any pet peeves in the business? Uh, pet peeves. Let's see. I would say mostly my biggest, biggest pet peeve is uh, I know most of the wrestlers that come out to shows, they're paid to be there to do the wrestling. Um, But I would say pretty much not really helping out on things for like some of the people that are like home home people for the crew uh not really being there to help out finish setting up or something um but i would say like one of my biggest is not giving enough credit to the people that actually make these shows happen i agree it makes it makes a lot of sense there's plenty of shows that i've done and you've been there for this where they show up they get paid they go home and they're yeah. gone yeah right the, i i see it plenty of times like i said i've been there and the I may get paid like 50, 100 bucks per show, but I'm still going to help out and do what I do. Yeah, that's what paying the dues is. And Right. And like Jimmy Hart. There's a picture of Jimmy Hart, Mouth of the South, floating around after the show's over and everything else where he's taking down chairs. Yeah. Man is a legend, Hall of Famer, almost oh, yeah. 70 years old, maybe, and he's still helping out. The um, one company that we're going to be working for, Virginia, they already said if you don't help clean up, you're not getting your pay right there. You're going to get it at mm-hmm. the end of the day when everything's over. So I think think that should be a thing you know what i mean right oh no it's smart yeah this is something that not a lot of these people probably know back there i don't get paid i do this all for the fun of it same here. i literally i literally do this for the fun I'm, I'm out there even with my training for for management right now i've taken a couple of bumps i'm i'm not getting paid for any of this i'm running lights i'm running sound i'm doing the ring announcing i'm doing the management work i'm i'm, I'm not expecting any pay see, i you- do this for the fun i, I take my time time out every time we have a show and if we have to travel for a show I travel out to the show I pay for my gas and and I do it I just do it for the fun of it right that's that's how much I love doing this stuff that it's like I don't care if you pay me I just want to do this Usually when they do pay me, it's like, because these two go with on the road and stuff like that. It's like, all right, where are we going to eat? What do you want? Give DB gas. Give Brian gas. Because I can't drive because I, I, I have a little disabled, but disability myself, so I can't drive. So it's like, if I get paid, it's like, all right, where do you want to eat? What do you want to do? And I usually pay for it because I can't drive. And the biggest enjoyment is is all the fans. Right. That that's, too. That's, oh, yeah. That's, I love it. Like, I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little following. Uh, I, have, I have this little kid that just... 
he, he just started following me around our last show and it, it's been great. And I, I wasn't able to make our last show. I had some things come up and I had to cancel being there and it broke my heart as soon as, as soon as he, his dad messaged me oh. and I told him, I was like, I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't be there this show. And, and this is only his second show. Like we let his world on fire on our first show. We, we, we gave him a signed trash can. Like we made his day. And then I was the one who disappointed him. Oh. <laughs> and me, me, me being a bad guy, I was like, ah, oh, he'll get over it. That's a tough guy. But me being myself, that broke me. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> it, it's something like that. They told me, um, you had to be not because I played the heel part. It's like, you had to be nice to this dude, this kid. And, uh, I just played a little bit my evil self. And it's like, who wants to help this kid out? You know what I mean? Just have some fun with it. But at the end of the day, yeah. the kid's awesome. You know what I mean? I don't want to be rude to the kid, but it's, hey. Yeah, I'm pretty much taking him on as my protege now. Because the, kid, the kids are the future. Yes. They are the future of our indie scene. And they're the ones who are going to take over. And we're the ones who are introducing them to to wrestling. Correct. And not the entertainment of wrestling. We're, we're showing them this is wrestling. This is where all these people started right here. Whether you're working backyards, you're working at convention centers, you're working the, the state fairs. I mean, this is where it started. It's so and our ring, our ring was built by Jake the Snake Robert's dad. So like wow, when, when Smith, that's awesome. So, when, so we had legacy with us. Yeah, and yeah. I mean Grizzly Smith is wasn't that well known in Texas, but a lot of people down there do know who Grizz, Grizzly Smith is. Yeah, when wrestling yeah. fans get upset about uh, WWE's not putting on any was Attitude Era kind of stuff, because we need them wrestling fans, them kids, to come back into wrestling and enjoy wrestling. Maybe they're gonna be the future, and that's how wrestling gonna keep on going and grow and everything. But everybody wants to talk bad about WWE and saying it's so horrible. Come on, they're they're doing it to get the kids you know i mean that's yeah, what they the, did that's what they did in the 80s for us kids to enjoy hulk hogan Randy all Savage. about the gimmicks yes yeah when they switched from the attitude era to to what is now considered the pg era um there was a culture change going on oh yeah like like the 90s were very chaotic for us growing up oh, yeah. and when and when we were kids we really didn't see that chaoticness going on but but wrestling in the attitude era kind of mimicked it a little but we but we really didn't grasp any of that and then now that we're older and we're seeing the chaos going on in the world and then we see how how wwe is, is now we're like why why isn't it like this when we were kids yeah and vince has even said it multiple times that they're sports entertainers and like i i have nothing bad to say about wwe or any of those other places i mean vince vince is a businessman and he he did his business as soon as he took it over from, from from his dad he knew where he was going with it and that's been the goal for everyone we need to get here we need to get here and he's like we need to start changing he's like we're having a lot of issues with this we're having issues with this he was like we need to change how we are and he he took a big leap i mean he did and sometimes it pans out sometimes it doesn't you're always going to have those people oh i don't like what he's doing i don't like this you have that in the indie scene too because you have some promotions doing this, some promotions doing this. So no matter what, you're always going to have those people that are going to be hating on something. I totally agree with you on that. There's people that, like, I'm an old school guy. I love watching.
talking old school hardcore. What was oh yeah? Was that hardcore like ECW, CCW, Tournament of Death, and all that before there were light bulb matches and exploding thumbtacks on mouse traps with cheese, cheese and lime juice, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No offense, Big Vin, you're a friend, but trust me, if you know who Big Vin is, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's just how it goes sometimes. Oh, yeah, everything right. adapt, everything changes. You may not like that it changes, but that's that's how it is. I mean, you can look at wrestling past, like look when you still had the territories with everything with WCCW, NWA. I mean, you still have all of that stuff with territories before everything started going up into the big time and everything started getting bought out. I mean, those 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 old matches. Like I was just watching Jerry Lawler and and uh, Terry Funk from 1984. Yeah, and that was uh, that was rated a five-star match and I, I was watching it and I was kind of like I wouldn't say it was kind of five-star I mean it was up there there was a couple of botches but that was me watching it from a wrestler standpoint yeah and but, not a fan standpoint so like when they say five stars and all that stuff but you had to figure out by the the time too because you didn't see the flippy floppy stuff back in the 70s and you didn't know you did but not as much as you do now like high crosses and stuff off the top rope. That was it. Yeah. They were very rough back then. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time. So at that time, that was a five star match. Now you might say it's a 3.5 or a 4.5, whatever. You know yeah. What I mean? that, that's about where I was with it. Wait a minute. Brian will get this joke. Maybe it was a 401k match. Inside joke for the show we were at last night. Okay. Um, I, I don't get it, but uh, I'll tell you the story. Okay. So yeah, that's what it is. Like matches from back then and now. And like you hear um Dave Meltzer. The only Dave I There's a lot of people who have that opinion. <laughs> I mean, there is. <laughs> like, Kenny Omega always five stars. It doesn't make sense. But, yeah. But, like, hey, like, if you might see Jericho versus somebody and you're like, wow, that's the best match I've seen all year. I mean, you go back and look at Jericho when he was in his young, when he was him and Terry Lynn. Okay. Great match. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, D. Malenko. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chris, yeah. Great wrestlers. Oh, Curry Von Eric. Oh. Yeah, dude, like, there's matches that you Joy. I crazy thing it is, I was a fan of Owen Hart versus Skinner at WrestleMania. What was that nine? Eight. 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 I don't know why. It was like the fast pacing was over. And I love I, I love short matches sometimes. Wait, eight was wasn't eight Undertaker Snooker? No, that was Undertaker and I thought it was, I don't know. What what um match are we talking about here? I thought Snooker WrestleMania eight. No, I thought it was seven. WrestleMania seven, that's um Snooker and that. So eight was Taker and I think that was Taker Roberts. And, no, I think it was Taker and Roberts, yeah. Because I think yeah. Snuka and Undertaker was much earlier. Than so that. sad that I I remember this stuff and then everything just disappears from your head. Don't you it hate does that? that. <laughs> because WrestleMania Nine was Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez yeah. at Caesar's Palace. Yes. So I always love this question. It's one of our favorites. It's called "On um, What Was the Best Advice You Ever Been Given?" And Keener loves his favorite one is "Don't Be 12. Thank you, Corey. And okay. So do you have any best advice that somebody given you? Best advice, which is also one of my pet peeves too oh listen to the legends listen to the people that have been around they are not going to steer you wrong so true oh yeah Re- pretty much respect have oh. respect for the legend definitely I respect those that paved the way I yes always, when i'm in the back i always call everybody sir hello sir how are you doing thank you sir um that that's what got me my beat down uh a few weeks ago Oh, you kept on saying, sir? By the co-GM of, of APW. He, me and him went back and forth on social media, and 
and he called me out into the ring and he put his hands on me and I felt it. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole thing was about respect. So I kind of, I kind of paved that way for our promotion right now is I was the guy who didn't have the respect for the legends. And if you're not going to respect the legends, you're going to get beat down for it. (laughs) My, myself and Brian, our audio guy here, we were outside of, we, we were in Asbury Park, New Jersey, like right outside of Asbury Park. And Gerald Briscoe was on the show and pulls me aside at the end of the show. And he's like, not bad. Good job. And we had a nice long hour conversation about everything that went on. And he's like, you're good. Thank you. Give me a All hug. Right. Went on his way. I went on my way. I'm like, that was kind of freaking awesome. But he remembered you too. Yes, he did. He remembered me for icons, which is also pretty freaking cool. My best advice was be humble. It doesn't matter if you're top guy, bottom guy. It doesn't matter in your personal life, you're really good and something's great. When you're, when you're at shows, always be humble, no matter what. Be respectful yeah. and just say, thank you for everything my favorite one was don't fuck up yeah <laughs> i hear i hear that one a lot <laughs> i hear that a lot backstage <laughs> oh, yeah me too oh yeah did you fuck up no i didn't fuck up okay good he always fucks up no i'm just kidding i don't know <laughs> but see that that's what great that's what's great about being backstage with with all of the wrestlers being back in that locker room is where i'm sitting at i have a camera and i can see everything going on yeah and I can watch the matches and I love that they come up to me and they ask me my opinion. They go, hey, what do you think I could have done different here? What did this look like to you? Like the wrestlers, the wrestlers we have who come out through our promotion, they're all great. I mean, a lot of them are really getting their name out there and doing stuff like the show I listened to earlier. You guys had Franco Varga on. He wrestles with us a lot and he is great backstage. He's well-loved in the locker room and like just constantly, hey, is there anything I can change here? What, how, how, how did this look? Did we play this off well? How is this? Like, there, people are always wanting that feedback and wanting to build themselves. And they ask everybody that worked backstage, that worked security, is is this okay? Yeah. Did did I botch this? I mean, to me, it didn't feel like I I did good on it. And then just getting that, getting that, uh, uh what's that word? It's right there too. <laughs> Right on your tip. Yeah. Tip of the tongue. I get that a lot too. The guys are asking me, hey, how was my match? And I was like, it was good. You did it pretty well. I mean, and I gave my opinion basically, but yeah. I was right there as a photographer, as the camera guy, so. Right, yeah. No, when I'm when I'm refing, I'm like sitting in on all the matches, making sure. They're like, oh, well, what can we do in between there? I'm like, let's try this. And did a spot last night, and it worked. It was a children's show, but the spot looked good. So whip it on both sides, and the guy's like, all right, here we go. Splash on one, splash on the other, whips them in, and nut shot. And the other, the other, the guy on the ground's face looked like he just won the lottery. The, the face was perfect. Nice. <laughs> All right, so I got a question for you. Um, as you know, like two years ago, we had the, there was a speak out movement. Basically, speaking of nut shots, as I continue here, um, two years ago we had a, there was a speak out movement throughout the industry where a lot of people were coming out and talking about all these wrestlers that did horrible things um, uh-huh. to the female wrestlers or even even male wrestlers. So my question is, is that does the industry need to change and do background checks on the wrestlers before they come to shows, or do they continue to do you know? the veteran of like hey he's my best friend or hey i used to i worked with him oh definitely uh we had we had some issues 
all over here in Texas with, with, with that type of stuff. And there were some wrestlers that I really enjoyed. And when that movement started happening, all these wrestlers that I enjoyed watching at, at all these promotions I was going to as a fan, it, it really hurt to see that this is the type of people they were. Because you don't know. Yeah, and then you, you, you think you know somebody, started, but... Yeah, all of this started coming out. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I was... It, it, it started making me mad that we had people like this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, why are you... No. And then we're seeing them getting booked at other promotions during all this. So, um, I was kind of part... I was kind of part of a little task force with all this. <laughs> So I, I was really backstage digging and doing stuff on wrestlers that we seen that we already kind of had a suspicion of all this. So I was kind of help leading the way with, with this movement. And we, we've actually prevented a lot, a lot of these promotions from, from getting these people back out there. Because a lot of promotions out here stopped bringing those people in. They're like, yeah, we don't want to be associated with that. They were, they were put out a release on social media going, hey, due to this, we're not having any involvement with this person anymore. You're done. So we were at a show last night, myself and Brian, and there was this guy in there who dream kind of means bad dreams, but he took it upon himself to go in the business for himself. And yeah. the, the, the spots got all botched. It was him and two other guys versus three girls in, in an intergender match, and he decides to go in the business for himself. And I, yeah. I had a bad vibe about him when he walked in when I saw a friend of mine and her husband, who are both wrestlers, got and I'm like, all right, shit. And I'm watching and everything else. And I, I pulled the promoter aside. I'm like, dude, I, why? He's like, I was doing a favor for a friend of mine. And just that's the only reason why I brought him in. I'm bringing him in again. I'm like, there, there was too much heat there between all that bullshit that was going on. So oh, yeah. that movement. Yeah. No, I don't want that. Any locker room I'm in, any locker room I'm running, any locker room that I'm helping promote at all so i told him i'm like no so uh, i i'm getting ready to call a whole bunch of people that i know and I, yeah i'm blacklisting this guy there there was promotion out here in texas where a guy got called out in the locker room and he he had a gun with him Holy and shit. he pulled wow. out a gun he, he pulled out a gun during the show that wouldn't have been allowed in any no not not no yeah. no no way no as soon as uh, i found out that he had that gun the cops would have been called right away and he would have been escorted off oh, the yeah. property oh yeah oh yeah he was gone <laughs> he was gone <laughs> but it i mean that movement really sparked a lot and and texas is really taking grasp of of doing that change like we are very cautious about who we bring in now yeah i would too especially and i mean i'm not trying to bring up especially with everything else that's going on in that state lately you know yeah. I, I would be very cautious about anything that's going on but i want to move I on to a more happier question so here's a new question for you on the show it's called three matches so I want to know three of your favorite matches of all time and three matches that you were involved in. Okay. Three matches, three favorite matches of all time. Uh, definitely Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to watch that. Oh, yeah. That was, mm, loved it. Um, I would say... It uh, wasn't really a match, more of a rivalry. Uh, Brian Pillman, rest in peace, and uh, Stone Cold. That was a great one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was, oh, 
so good. Um, and then uh, don't want to be cliche. It, it happens. Everybody, it's a match everybody loves and everybody goes to. The Intercontinental Title, HBK, WrestleMania Ten. Yeah, yeah, that match will always be what solidified that title. Well, I mean, because that match started ladder matches, and it pretty much started the mainstream of going more hardcore, so to speak. Yeah. So that's where, that, right? It all started there. The spots on that were perfect. I mean, the crowd was in it. We Tony DeVito talking about that match. Our first he was time. there. He was. He was in the in the same um, hotel room as Sean and Razor. He was talking about him and Mike Bell were sitting there listening to Michaels and um, Razor putting the match together, and he thought it was amazing. If you have a chance, it's our first episode this year, and it was fun to- hearing that story. Yeah, Tony was extra staff that night. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I think he played the doink. Doink the clown. Yes, yes. he was one of the doinks yep. yeah. in um, that match. So, yeah. Good old doink. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of my things that... Oh, yeah. We had 93 matches that he was involved in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, also a little bit, which is in my past, which I really don't talk about a whole lot because that promotion is no longer around. It was bittersweet. It happens. Um, which is where I also got injured. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of wrestling the late, great Scott Hall. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That was very fun. Um, he he was, despite how his character is, he he was a, a class act. That's what we had. Yeah, we, we met him in Philly at Icons and just very nice to talk to. Shook his hand. Very. Very awesome. And everything going on with Cody. Congratulations, Sam. Then uh, to the my two other matches, uh, one of them was a hardcore match. Uh, that was pretty much my first my first taste of a hardcore match, which I loved because I was into extreme sports at the time, so I was used to beating my body up. Um, that hardcore match that I did with uh, another wrestler who's no longer with us, uh, he tragically got into a car wreck about three weeks after our match and passed away. Wow, sorry to hear that. Um, me and him uh, for about sixty minutes. <laughs> We we put on one heck of a show. Uh, ironically, his his name is Dave. <laughs> so rest in peace, wow. Dave. Me and him were pretty good friends with each other, and that he he pretty much he he's the one who introduced me into promotion and getting me into wrestling. Um, and then pretty much my final match in 2012 where I ended up getting injured. Uh, that one was a really good match. The injury was my mistake. Um, I, I missed my spot. And it was just a, it was a chaotic match, but it was like a controlled chaotic match. Okay. And I, I just ended up being in the wrong spot and ended up pushing my uh, rotator cuff inward towards my spine and almost paralyzed myself. How? Damn. Yeah. Ooh. And it's very expensive surgery and never went and got it done because I didn't have the money to do that. Damn. So, that's why I really don't wrestle anymore because I don't I don't want to take a bump the wrong way and yeah. my whole life be over. I saw that happen two Saturdays ago. Yeah, and I mean accidents happen. I mean, look look at Draws. Right. Draws one heck of a wrestler, and I mean, it ha- that that that's what comes with this. We put our body on the line. People make mistakes, even ourselves. Pier- Piero Aguayo. Yeah, and it just it just happens. So. Right. Yeah. Look at what happened to Aguayo down in Mexico a few years ago. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm I'm sure that rocked Rey Mysterio when that happened. Uh, him <laughs> and Conan were like best friends, so yeah, it hit Conan really hard. Yeah, it just it happened. It's one of the reasons why I, I'm a big fan of this. Um, 
trainer down in Delaware. He um does this whole concept of wristbands, like how karate is. And Mark Haro, shout out, buddy. He's gonna be on this year. So I uh, does wristbands and like and when the wristbands a different color, the promoter should know level they are. Yeah. Right. It's like the belts in karate. Correct. And so you start out a white and go all the way up to purple. Yes. And then you can tell, okay, they know how to do this and this. I won't do this. And it yeah. makes sense. And, I thought and, that- and Mark is trained in martial arts too. So it's kind of cool. So that's, yeah, that, that's kind of like what we do. Uh, when we have people graduating from, from our training, um, their, their first few matches are actually with the trainers because the trainers know what they're doing. They know what these people can do. So we, we get them more comfortable in being in front of the crowd, being with the people they've been training with. So we, 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 we kind of do things along that line of, of a wristband kind of, but you stay with the trainers for a few, uh, a first few of your matches and everything, because they're the ones you're going to be most comfortable with, because it's all, it's all about that trust. If you're wrestling somebody you've never wrestled before, you're, you're literally putting your life in their hands and they're putting their life in your hands. So you don't want to have a newbie out there. Oh yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I've done it in training. But then once they get out there and do it, they can't do it. And a lot of accidents can happen. So we like to keep them with the trainers so they can get more familiar with calling their spot, doing all of that fun stuff and learning how to read everything. So true. No, I I understand that completely. But just because you've been in a long time doesn't really mean anything, you know? No, no, it can still, it can still happen. (laughs) Right. Look at Jaws. Look at Piraguayo who was in for, I mean, he was in his 50s and he was a legend, you know, Silver King. Yeah. What just happened to Silver King, too, not that long ago. Yeah. Okay. So, do you got the next question? Yeah, I got the next All question. Right, go ahead. So, it's called Table of Five. Can we do a theme on this one? Yes, we'll do something in the theme for this one. All right, cool. Give me a second. Let me tell them how it starts. All right, tell them how it goes. So, it's called Table of Five. You're the fifth person at the table. You need to put four more people at this table. And the theme is Texas wrestlers. So you need to put four other Texas wrestlers to put on your table, dead, alive, doesn't matter, at that table. Who would they be? Mm, Texas wrestlers. It's a tough one. All right. So are we going mainstream with it or are we do No, you, could, you could do any ones you want. Like for me, and they look at me weird all this time. I grew up watching Mid-South and USWA and Texas wrestling and stuff like that. And I can name names and people down there would go well how the hell do you know that name well, i do <laughs> like i grew up i loved Iceman king parsons and they wow, that like, is an old name right there we go eric wow. embry <laughs> like i know eric embry i know um that's going out there. Right. <laughs> I, I'm 42 years old. I, I grew up watching that stuff. Tape traders and all that. I watched it all. So, yeah. go ahead. Give me some Texas wrestlers. Uh, well, I'll stay I'll stay kind of more uh, current with it because we have, we, have, we have a lot of good current Texas wrestlers that I would enjoy oh, yeah. being Agreed. able to sit down with. Um, my, my top one would be uh, the Soldier Xander Slade. Um, you guys really need to look into him. He's, oh, he's good. Um, Noby Clark. Well, well, Noby Bryant, I should say. Wow. He's uh, he's he's a really good Texas wrestler. Uh, he's been out in New Japan Pro Wrestling for a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, gonna hit up the other Texas wrestler, which many people probably don't know. That would be uh, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, he's from Texas, <laughs> right. Canada, that whole area. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would definitely be Jinder Mahal. Um, That's let's cool. see, we'd go with. Uh, uh, it's so hard, ain't it? Oh yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of great wrestlers coming out of Texas. Yeah, yeah there is a lot. Um, I would have to go with uh, Maleficent Malico. He is, oh, oh, oh. 
Wow. He's a madhouse. He is a madhouse. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, and then my final one. Oh, you're, you are the, the final well, one. Well, you are the fifth one. So oh, I am the final. Okay, yeah, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Those See, guys right there would be some guys to sit down and pick their brains with. Oh, we, we've asked the question before here, like, who are your favorite announcers? And everybody goes, Mean Gene or um, uh, Jim Ross. And both. No. I'm like, no. And they're like, well, who's yours? I go, Lance Russell and Corey Macklin. Really? Uh See, so are you? I would, have, I would so, have to say I'm 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 in the toss up between Mean Gene and uh, Harold Finkel. Nice, yeah. I I like the the team down there from USWA Mid South. Like I just they were so down to earth, great guys. So are you saying on um, the next question is a geek out moment? I mean, it could be if you want. Okay, let's bring it All up. All right, good. So have you ever had a geek out moment, aka mark out moment? Uh... I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, I don't mean to interrupt, he did work Scott Hall. Yeah. That, I would kind of geek out about that, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I w- my honest, my honest question is, I want to know what the reaction was when that, the promoter called you up and said, uh, how do you feel about working Scott Hall? <laughs> that was a, I was a big fan. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That one, and then also another one. Um, I would say uh, right before COVID hit full swing, um, we had a legend with us at APW uh, for our opening show when we got into a mall. We actually had a space inside a mall that we wrestled out of, and our debut show, uh, we actually got Gangrel. His name is that, Dave too. Yeah, his name is Dave as well. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 was a very big geek out moment because they were talking about it and I was a huge fan of the brood I even have action figures <laughs> and I walk into the locker room and I just see him sitting there and I was like oh my god <laughs> yes <laughs> but I didn't bother him <laughs> I kind of kept my distance because I didn't want him to be like who the hell is this guy around me right now because it was kind of bad because I wore I have a jumpsuit <laughs> that I'm not allowed to wear anymore up there um, is it orange no I I would actually, I were, I, I were shared, shared a photo with you guys. Um, it's nothing but Nicholas Cage's face all over it. That is freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, I can see you wearing that DB. So, and I have a picture of me and Gangrel and I'm wearing that outfit and I was told to never wear that outfit again. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. So AEW was here in Philadelphia. Speaking of Texas wrestlers, I've talked to Mark Henry numerous times and I saw him sitting oh. there and security stops me. I'm like, I'm just going to say hi to Mark. Mark goes, he's okay i walked up said how you doing mark he's like oh, i'm tired as shit but i'm pretty good he's like what are you doing here i'm like i work security up there and security walks up to me and goes how do you know i'm like we talked at icons three weeks ago <laughs> oh i'm like yeah i'm like all right mark enjoy the game he's like thanks man i went back about my job so yeah he yeah. was just at a promotion down here uh, handing over a a uh, heavyweight belt to a wrestler that we have that comes out to our promotion. Um, I forget what promotion it was, but the the guy was like he was so stoked because he loves Mark Henry, and that's who presented the title to him. So I'm he, I'm sure he was trying to keep it all together while being in the ring with him and yeah. getting that belt handed over to him from him. I oh, mean, yeah. I I probably would have lost it. <laughs> well, that was like when I was doing the bit with Gerald Briscoe a couple like a month ago. I'm like, I get to do a bit with Gerald Briscoe. Really? I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. So DB missed I, that I, one. I definitely would have geeked out on that one. Oh, trust me, I did. It, it was. 
a huge deal. It was awesome. He I mean, it, it, I mean it, it's tough because these are people that you have watched growing up and like you see the names they made for themselves and you realize you're in the same business that they started at. Right. And you're, you're just like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> like people just don't understand like when you're in that same type of business and oh, you're yeah. like, here I am. <laughs> like I got to share the, the locker room, what, two months ago with uh, – Cass and I, I sat there and we just talked for a little bit and very down to earth, very cool guy. And yeah. Joe too. So the Gerald Briscoe thing, we do a gimmick and we wear we get wrestlers to wear Dave stickers so they can be and a Dave some too. wear them to the ring too. Still, and it's funny. Oh, it is. It's it's funny as hell. So we do like pictures with wrestlers and saying, "My name's Dave Sticker." And Gerald Briscoe goes, "That is awesome." He was like so into the whole gimmick. He he was getting ready to write a piece of paper, write the name Dave. I'm like, wait. Wait, wait, stop. He goes, why? I'm like, I got name tags. We got tags. We got stickers. And he's so, like, oh, okay. We handed him one. He's like, that's pretty cool. So I'll show well, you that picture later on. I'll, I'll send it over to you. And You guys will have to send me out some stickers then. Oh. I will definitely throw one of those on. <laughs> you know what else we got to do? We need a trip to Texas. We do need a trip to Texas. I have a we, friend we, that lives down there. And we need a trip to APW. Down Come on there. out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys will enjoy the shows that we put on. That'd be awesome. We, I mean, we're just a bunch of rednecks we are we are we are a bunch of rednecks and we like to put on the show drinking beer and burgers i'm okay with that let's go i mean i'm i'm actually raising the baby possum right now to go with my character wow that is freaking awesome (laughs) wait a minute wait wait you can't get any more redneck than that i mean we we love the shows that we do and we love our crowds our crowds oh if you are a heel they are they are on you that is great. All I mean, that, all, dude, I, all, I'm all over it. YouTube, you just hear them just, just going off at, 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 at one of our managers, and he just keeps on feeding them. Like, I've never seen a manager with so much hate. <laughs> until I met until I met this guy Matt Marvel this guy has so much heat <laughs> as being a manager it is ridiculous I think I know him like it is crazy with how much heat he can gather and oh, yes. the crowd I, eat them <laughs> I was managing a couple guys up in New Jersey about 10 years ago and the guy is like you had extra money if you could piss off the crowd I'm like sure where's the mask he's like here's the mask for when you leave and I did the whole sheep herder redneck Hey, sleeping with your brother over there with no teeth, and he's like, "Here's the extra money. Get the fuck out." Yeah, that I, <laughs> I, I kind of did that with the last show we were gonna have because I'm working on being the heel manager. Um, I wear a pretty expensive suit <laughs> and I have pretty expensive shoes, and we were off in this town called Avarado on what our show was gonna be at, and I pretty much started going at them, and I was all, "You guys may get lucky, and I'll grace my presence with you," but. Somebody's going to have to flip the bill for my dry cleaning because this is a $1,500 suit and I don't want to stench it up with your guys' town. It's like, I'm going to need a shoe boy to clean off all the crud I'm going to have to walk through just to grace you guys with my presence here. And then at the end of it, I was like, you guys know what? You're not even worth to be able to carry my suit. And then that just happened to be a show I missed. 
<laughs> there there were so many kids in the show last night that we were at. Um, a guy I know, a tag team called The Throne, and he's just really at, good. Yeah, he's just looking at the kid. It was Casey, and Casey's just looking at the crowd going, you know what? There is no Santa. He was doing the mall rat speech. There is no Santa Claus. It's your parents buying the toys. The Easter Bunny is just a guy in a suit, and it was funny. I'm trying to keep composure in the ring while I'm repping this match. I'm like, Ugh. and it was four guys. Joey Parrish says hi, by the way, DB. It was four guys, and they were all comedy. That is great. It, it was great. I do want to bring up a story because when you brought up Gangrel, I have a story for you. Oh shit! Here it comes. So I'm a big, I'm because I'm a big fan <sighs> of pranks. Cut and his mic, Brian. No, don't cut my mic. If you do, I'm going to fire you for five minutes. Cut the mic. <laughs> so, so I was up in North Jersey. Hold on, hold I was on, up in PA. Let me, let me, st- let me. Start. I was up in PA for a company called PW Pro Wrestling. The, no, the Premier Wrestling Federation in about 2003. And we had Gangrel on the show. It was him versus a guy named High Profile Dylan Knight. Okay. So we get in the car and we go to go home and he falls asleep. And DB goes, is that the story? I'm like, yeah. And? Oh, I thought there was more to it. I'm like, nope. He just fell asleep so he wanted sorry did i interrupt your little rib on me yeah you just went heel he's over there cracking the fuck up too this this was the first time (laughs) this was the first time we started trying to do interviews for the podcast because i went by the integrity podcast it was a different podcast and we wanted to do i wanted to do interview and my my co-host at the time didn't care for him but he was all for it so we we asked dave hey dave would you tell us a story some rib stories because i love ribs i love Dried or dried or wet? I can't. I don't eat. That's what she said. <laughs> so heal. You're not a heel. Stop. Can be if I wanted to. <laughs> so, so that that whole story right there, and it's like he's like Gangrel fell asleep, and I'm like, and and he's like, that's it, that's the story. And then, and I'm like, wow, this sucks. So the rib was me going doing every every show we did in the beginning, doing the podcast. I I was like, hey, if you see Dave Keener, just go up to him and ask him about Gangrel falling asleep. And that was my rib to Dave. Mark. Sorry. What? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Geek. No, no, that was that question we asked. Oh yeah. So, but that could lead into what you were just doing. Yeah. Do you do you have any ribs or pranks to tell us? Because I brought that one into this. I was going to save it for next time. As long as it's not anything like Ricky Morton shitting in Chris Hamrick's bag. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing he's heard this story. <laughs> uh, have you heard this story? Okay, so Ian, Ian, I'm guessing you've heard this story then? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm actually, I'm friends with Chris Hamrick, so... I can I can picture it. Um, I once had it's pretty much almost like what what we used to do on the construction site. Uh, I had a trainee walking around forever during a show, trying to find what I was calling a rope later. <laughs> a rope? Wait, a rope later? Yeah, a rope later. <laughs> It was pretty, pretty much. I described it to him as kind of being a wrench, but it looked like a rope, <laughs> and, it, and it's what we would use under the ring to make sure um, when somebody took a bump that it would keep this certain board in place. 
<laughs> I'm using this though. at the next show Literally on this fucking ring, guys. Is what, is what this rope later was for, and we couldn't find it, and we needed him to find it. Oh, he searched for that thing throughout the entire show, and he finally caught on right before the last bell <laughs> that there was no such thing as a rope later. <laughs> I had him walking up to everybody. I even had him going up to fans asking them what a rope later was. Oh, yes. I know who you're t- pointing that out. We're going to use it. Yes. Yes. Poor, yeah, poor I, Ian. We, we know I, Ian too. We know Ian too. So we, we had Chris Hamrick on our show and we went to ask this question. In my best Chris Hamrick impression, I do the motherfucking jokes. Me. I do the ribs. I do them all. I'm like, all right, Chris, what do you got? And he went into the Ricky Morton story and then he went in about how he got Ricky Morton back and it was just funny God love Chris Chris you're a good dude good friend and then we end the show he calls back he goes y'all motherfuckers ready to do this again I'm like oh, good night Chris <laughs> oh my god you you have us all laughing <laughs> Brian's over here all red. So I, I got a story. I got a story now since we were talking about Ian here, not Ian Mosley, but no. our Ian. Well, um, wait a minute, Ian Knox, Ian Smith, Ian um, Short Shit. Short Shit. All right, good. Okay. Ian Short Shit. Is that his name? Ian Short Shit. No, no it's Ian Dubeck. Okay. So anyway, uh, he was staying over our place over in Gloucester City with me and Frankie, and he was sleeping in. Frankie Picard. Yes, Frankie okay. Picard. And he wasn't waking up, so me and Frankie decided to say, "Okay, let's get the Nerf guns we have." We're not talking about the dark. We had the little the ones with the balls. Oh, the rubber nerf. The rubber oh, balls. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And so we started filming, and we just start unloading round after round into him, and he's just like ah, he's just like screaming in pain. <laughs> All right, wait. What's this thing called? A rope later? Rope later. Yes, yes, a rope later. <laughs> We're gonna do that to I, every I am, trainee. Yes. Holy shit! I am doing it. We need the rope later. <laughs> yes, the rope later. The rope later is God. <laughs> yeah. How did we get there? So my my whole thing is I'm very old school. I love my old school wrestling. I love. I like the hardcore. I do. But we talked about that match at WrestleMania 10 and the lead up. I I like stuff that leads up. So the question is, do you? feel like there's no how do we get there anymore like they're doing a light bulb match just for the sake of doing a light bulb match like i want to like the question is how do we get there i feel that they're not doing that anymore how do you feel about that i i feel like here lately there hasn't really been any lead up to a lot of matches here lately like it just almost sometimes it just kind of feels like these two are going at it with each other and i i'm really not feeling the story of it really because you, you don't understand what's actually actually going on like all of a sudden it's like you have these people feuding with each other and it's like well what just led up to that like there there's there's been a lot of matches here lately in the mainstream stuff that it just kind of just happened and it's like what huh why are these two going at it Correct. like there's a company like, up here that we're helping out with called IWA Vintage and we've been doing there there's been a match that we've been doing with a guy named Dave Dow and yeah. we're doing it over and over and over again and we're doing different matches with it and the crowd is hating it. I've been loving it. Some of them are going, why are we doing this again? You'll see in two weeks why we keep doing it again right yeah like like right now the the big match that's going to be happening tonight uh you have the young bucks and hard right okay again again dream match i mean that is a dream matchup they're great friends with each other uh all of a sudden like there hasn't been there hasn't really been like any play with them like having that feud really and then there's all of a sudden the young bucks come out dressed as the hardies and they have gangrel with and it's yeah, like they were, okay, they were the brood. Like, yeah it's just like all of a sudden they're 
were feuding with each other when you just had when you just had Jeff and Darby going at it with each other. Right. Like that that would have been more of a lead up into this double or nothing pay per view because you've had Darby, you've had Sting, you've had the Hardys kind of like helping each other, but like being on the fence with each other. And then you have this match between Darby and Jeff, which was one hell of a match. And then now all of a sudden you just throw the Young Bucks and the Hardys at each other and there really wasn't a lead up to it. It just kind of happened. And it's like, well, what's the story here? It's like, we all know they're friends with each other because the Young Bucks have been wanting them over there for a while. Right. We so seen, it's like, why? We've seen this match so many times Ring of in Honor. Philly. In Philly. Yeah. So we've seen this stuff House all of Hardcore. Time. House of Hardcore. Ring of Honor. Yeah. CZW, yeah. I think, did it once. So, like, this match, to me, is not on my must-see because I've seen it. I don't know what they can do to updo the... Um, yeah, to, to up that ante on it. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm, I'm feeling a lot of matches are getting a lot of replay with each other and even some of the storylines. Like, if you're, like, really examining what's going on, you see a lot of stuff being rehashed. Yeah. Yeah. And they they kind of twisted a little bit, but us hardcore fans who grew up when those stories originally happened, you're like, this is the same stuff. And like, you can call the match before the match even happened. You're welcome to 1998. <laughs> yeah, like like I I I really don't watch a whole lot of the mainstream stuff anymore because I'm calling the matches before it even happened, and right. I I've I've lost that spark in it because it's like, okay, this is what's going to happen, and I'm talking about it at work. It's like look, this is what's going to happen because I, I have a couple of hardcore wrestling fans at work and they all love that I'm part of a promotion and everything and we're sitting here and we'll be talking about matches and, and they'll be like, what's what's your take on it? And then I'll break it down to them and they're like, I didn't even realize that. Wow, it is. And then they start seeing it and they're like, you were absolutely right. That's the one thing I love about independent wrestling. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine. I know Brian knows him. I don't know if TV knows him. You know, his name's Gemini. Yeah, I know. Um, so we had the conversation and I go, what are we doing tonight? He goes, the same freaking thing we've done 40 times in every other show. I go, what? He's like, nothing. Independent wrestling, you could do the same match over and over and over again, and nobody would ever know any difference. But if it's on TV, it's a different story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we we put on, you You guys really love 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 our promotion then, because we, we actually put on some really crazy stuff. And the storylines that we throw out, I mean, they, they get out there. Yeah. And it's, it's it seems like we have it lead up into future shows. We really play it off for what everybody's doing because we get a lot of people from outside of Texas. We get people from Arkansas. Um, we have a guy from Iowa that comes down. Um, another guy from Cincinnati, uh, he comes down and we really play off into them and we end up creating more stories with them for them to come back and it, it just feeds because they're feeded that entire time that they're away from us and just keep building that that emotion for it and really getting people going and they're like oh I can't wait for this guy to come back because we get asked all the time hey when's when's Icon Lee coming back when's when's Franco coming back because these guys really put it on for us yeah I know somebody wrestling in Texas too I don't know if he's wrestling there with you guys but Kenny Devictus was down there too but I don't know if he's at APW he's at one of the companies uh, I don't believe he's been with us yet no 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 I don't think so but he'll probably he'll, he'll probably be one that that we look at because we we're, we're always looking for that talent always oh yeah we love having the fresh faces we love it because it it I mean these these indie promotions it really helps out a lot on having those fresh faces because you're not seeing the same people over and over and 
over again. Right, you got to start somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to do two so more questions. All right, we got two more questions for you. Brian's got one of them. Yep. So my question is called create a, rest- create a pro wrestler. 98? No. Um, so as you're aware, WWE makes the video games, um, and mm-hmm. part of the games, there's a thing called create a, create a pro wrestler, or as some people call it, the call. And a lot of people will create themselves, or they'll create like an extra Alexa Bliss or a Finn Balor. But, or, or an ECW person. Or an ECW person. But if you look closer, there's a lot of indie wrestlers that you may have seen or you know of that is now in that community creations thing. So my question is to you is that when you see wrestlers that you know are in that uh, in that community creations, do you think that's going to give them a boost or tension for all the fans around the world that play that game? Yes and no. The yes part is it's going to get people curious as to who this person is. Is it just a regular person? Are they going to Google them? Possibly. Are they going to look them up on YouTube? Possibly. And then they figure out, oh, hey, this guy's a wrestler. Okay. Um, No, because even though it's a mainstream game, a lot of the mainstream watchers don't really watch the indie wrestling scene. That's true. Yeah. Like, I see violence is on there. Exactly. Like, I've seen him. Yeah, I I have a couple of guys downloaded that are part of the indie scene that I've seen on there but that's only because I knew who they were and when I seen their characters I actually downloaded their characters so I can yeah, play as it my, uh, a friend that we know uh, goes by the name of Violence he was on there so that's pretty uh, cool I'll, I'll, I'll probably have to download him and look him up <laughs> oh he's he's fun he's really awesome there's quite there's, oh, quite, yeah. there's quite a few up here there's Riley Shepard there's also Vivacious Vicky but I do give a good shout out to all the, those content creators that do all that stuff because they put a a lot of work into oh, creating yeah. those cre- creating those wrestlers and at the same time they're putting those hashtags out there of what companies they worked for which I hope for God anybody else who plays a game can look up those wrestlers and check them out oh so. yeah I mean I can see it helping a lot and I mean it, it it also boosts the promotion it does exactly but but you also have to feed into it like I said there's a lot of mainstream watchers that don't really watch the indie scene that's true so when because you, you you get all these wrestlers coming into the mainstream and the only promotion that you hear about where they came from was oh we had them up at Ohio Valley Wrestling because mm-hmm. that's part of the WWE training they called them out from there so it's one of those you only hear about that little promotion from the mainstream because that's their training ground for it so you don't really catch the hey there's other promotions out there besides where they pull their wrestlers from for their development it's like they all started somewhere else before they got to that point before they got to where you're seeing them now look into it these these people could be the future ones you're watching on tv <laughs> like joe gacy exactly oh yeah uh, joe should have been there a while ago though Stephen adams here and this is the final question for this episode of the 2300 wrestling podcast okay are you ready are you ready yeah i'm ready hit the music so this is a question kind of gets off the wall. So this is called the five questions of doom. Well, wait a second. You got to do, you do your voice when you do that. Yeah. I'm not done yet. So these are going to be five non-wrestling related questions. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the five questions 
of doom. So, um, question number one. Question favorite, number one. Oh, favorite 80s movie. Oh, oh, here we go. Fast <laughs> Times at Ridgemont High. Ah, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> if it's my time and your time. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Hand. <laughs> Did you really order a pizza? come to the classroom love that money Phoebe kids shout out she was hot well yeah I mean <laughs> yeah I don't mean go back you look at that cast in that movie too amazing such an cast. amazing cast Judd Reinhold Phoebe Cates um <laughs> what's the name Spicoli uh Sean, Sean Penn. Penn thank you I had to think about uh, that Forrest Whitaker yeah, yeah they were all yeah. and um Mr. the guy who played my favorite Martian was the teacher yeah fun fact about that uh, with the, the Spicoli character, uh, it was a, it was actually supposed to go to Anthony Edwards. Ooh. Yeah, I couldn't see that. But then Sean Penn walked in, and they were like, "He's perfect." And then they realized Spicoli needs friends. That's how Anthony Edwards got to still be in the movie. Mm, wow! And what's the Nicolas Cage in that too? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was that was actually his first time. Yeah, that was after, and, and he was up he was up for the role of Spicoli too. Right. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who played my favorite Martian was the teacher. Yeah, Mr. I, Han. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. His yeah, real name, yeah, though. Just call him Mr. Uh, Hand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Mr. Hand, the <laughs> Mr. legend. Hand. You ready? All right, next yes. question. Question number two. Favorite comic DC villain? <sighs> I'm not really a DC fan. Oh, really? Okay, but yeah, then you go I'm, Marvel. Yeah, I am I am a Marvel fan. <laughs> All right, favorite um, Marvel villain. <sighs> I mean, this is going to be a touchy subject for a lot of people now, especially since I just said I'm not a fan of DC. I'm about to get a lot uh, of heat for that. <laughs> cut the feed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let's see. Uh, actually, I'm going to go with Dr. Octavius. I mean, a lot, a lot of things about the villains in the Marvel community, which a, a lot of people who actually are up on the Marvel stuff... They've actually, Dr. Octavius actually meant a lot of good with what he was trying. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of these villains were actually trying to be good guys. And like, I'm into the conspiracy things. So I have a lot of conspiracies about the villains and a lot of conspiracies about the good guys is actually the villains are actually the good guys. And the good guys are the ones that are being controlled by the government and are working the citizens into believing this guy is your hero. This guy is the bad guy because he's trying to create this. But it's because they can't control what this guy is creating, which is for the better good of humanity. I got what you're saying. Right. Look at Doc yeah. Ock. What you're saying. That he, he thought the hands and everything else were helping. Yeah, Sandman. Yeah. And he got turned no. into the villain. Right. Yeah. And I mean, well, I, I, I so like to play Sandman, so <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church is one of my favorites. Dude, I love them in Wings. Um, Demon Knight. Ooh. Yeah, great movie there you go question yeah. <laughs> number three question number three number Heathcliff three. or Garfield Ooh, that's a hard one yeah cause Heathcliff was like the street version of Garfield he was like the thug yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah what was kind of kind of coming from the streets and uh being out in that type of environment um i'm actually i would actually my younger years heathcliff uh and, nowadays, you know what? nowadays i'm more like garfield <laughs> so question number four favorite card game asshole <laughs> Strip poker, no, uh, uh, Texas Hold'em. <laughs> Texas Hold'em. The strip pokers from, uh, you know, the old Attitude Era, yeah. like Jerry D. King Waller, gotta have the puppies. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, Texas Hold'em. I, I love Texas Hold'em. Wouldn't that just be called Hold'em? <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, like, that's like coming to Philly and wanting a Philly cheesesteak. I mean, I kind of I 
want to keep it a little PG thirteen here. <laughs> don't don't want to get too I crazy. Mean, we we've already went way beyond fucking PG thirteen because you already okay, talked about puppy so We're bringing you into some crazy stuff from when I lived in Vegas. <laughs> hey, I have a friend who lives in Vegas. We did too. Yeah, Sanga. Yeah, Louis Dan- Louis yeah. D'Angeli lives in. Uh, shout out Louis. Question number five. Sour number patch. five. Sour Patch five. Kid. Oh my God! Stop. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids or gummy bears? Gummy wrong. Wrong gummy bear. You wrote the cartoon. Shut up. <laughs> the cartoon man that's old gummy bears bouncing here and there everywhere <laughs> uh, where's the purple juice <laughs> yes <laughs> I actually talk about that at work a lot um wait, wait that's a different see. kind of purple juice though well wait, I'm actually a fan of the purple sour juice. patch kid uh, Sonic right now has a has a sour patch float <laughs> which is pretty tasty shout out to them <laughs> sponsor these people no one's sonic <laughs> um uh but if I'm playing a joke on somebody I would definitely order the sugar free uh gummy bears <laughs> I can eat them I am really you can oh yes, man wow. we had a guy bring them to work oh I, I'm diabetic going to the bathroom all day <laughs> I'm a diabetic oh wrong type of sugar free though oh. yeah we uh we had a guy bring them into work, and he didn't tell anybody. He had a five-pound bag of them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and they were munching. But pretty much by the end of the work day, they were done with them, and they were in the bathroom. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. So do you have any social media for the fans to find you? Say no, please, because you're a heel. <laughs> Actually, I do. I was I was forced to make one. <laughs> find me on Facebook, uh, Ian Mosley. Uh, that's M-O-S-L-E-Y. Uh, Instagram, the mouth, Ian Mosley, and that's pretty much it. That's that's my social media. That was awesome. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not into Twitter. I, I I mainly because I'm old and I don't really understand Twitter. <laughs> I don't either. But they made me make one because the podcast. I mean, it gets was, sober. So I was kind of a big uh, MySpace fan. <laughs> I miss I mean, MySpace. You're, no, no, you're you're not on MySpace. You're on the one before MySpace. It was so called, I, yeah, it was called writing letters. No, that's called <laughs> that's called the white pages for him. Right. <laughs> I mean, so I, I remember instead of instead doing all the map maps. So we brought out this big thing called a roadmap. Yes, yes, yes. It's called GPS back then. Yes. No, it was called Mom. Where are we going? So <laughs> let's hit the button. And say your goodbyes. Not that button. The button. The button. The button. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And this has been the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener alongside DB Richards. And we'll see you in the ring. I would also like to give a big, huge, huge Texas shout out. Welcome. Thank you. Everything to Mr. Ian Mosley. The mouth Ian Mosley. So you get it right this time. I got it right. Did you get it left? Yeah, I better put some respect on my name. I will find you. All right, Liam. All right. Thank you guys for having me. You're welcome. This is the Mouth Ian Mosley, and you have just listened to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Kinner from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, letting you know about photographer, camera, editor, and designer extraordinaire, Brian Schweiker. Please give him a call at 856-254-7546 for any of your photography needs. You can also reach him at bschweiker13 at gmail.com, Facebook, and everything else is there as well. Get them for all your party, wrestling, movies, whatever you want to do. That's Brian Schweiker. Check him out. Yeah! Sam Alfalsi here. And Zach Ravix. Super crazy wrestling. Super crazy arena. Skid Row Academy. We are indeed the best 
facility in New Jersey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Probably no in the world. Extremely top three, I would say. We have very terrific trainers. Actually, they all come from uh, the Ring of Honor Dojo. So yeah. you already know you're... So they're going to be great. And they're definitely great. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're going to experience some, you know, pretty elite stuff. Uh, you know, we're all about intensity here. You know, uh, we're, we're always here to help. We're, we're always reach one, teach one. That, that's our main thing. You know, I feel like if you're a person that really feels like wrestling is your dream and that's what you want to accomplish, this is the best school to come to. Or burn. Or, or burn. Okay. Or Brack said. So, uh, once again, you know, best school probably in the world. Definitely in Jersey. You can find it. You can find it on Facebook, uh, Super Crazy Wrestling and Scarrow Academy. And Instagram, Super Crazy Wrestling, Scarrow Academy. You can contact Melissa Pena or Odog. And he'll come find you if you don't find him. Or I will. Or, or Brax or, will. Or Brax. You'll burn. No, you won't burn. This is wrestling.